The views expressed in our Chop Talk podcast are those of the individual participants only and do not necessarily express the views of the Lambda Chi Alpha fraternity or its chapters or members. Our Chop Talk podcasts are intended to be as open and honest with our members as possible, but we acknowledge that certain topics may be sensitive, graphic, or emotionally challenging. Please use your own discretion to avoid any material that you may find potentially painful or difficult. Hey, Lindsay. Hey, Mike. How's it going? Great. How are you? I'm doing well. Do you see what Jaron was wearing today? No, I haven't seen him yet. He was being a little more discreet today than normal. So that's I, I, not very discreet. No, but I, I <laughs> see if I, I, I may almost did not catch it. He was wearing a pair of sushi socks today. Huh. I was, okay. I was like, maybe he's just hungry for sushi. That's what he's getting for lunch. Yeah. But yeah. then I saw who our guests are today. Um, it's Feeding America and our local food bank. So Jaron Aww. had food socks. I, he was. Trying to be a little more discreet, but I still caught him. Oh, of course you did. <laughs> you always catch him <laughs> I know, before right? I do. <laughs> he's, 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 I, I appreciate how much work he puts into um, just kind of putting those clues in there for our next guest. He's kind of like Miss Frizzle from the Magic School yeah. Bus. We always can kind of guess what the podcast will be that day, yeah. but we have, to, we have to go through the guessing game. <laughs> we do, but we usually figure it out. So, Jaron, hats off to you. I'm here to please. <laughs> All right. <laughs> like I said, it's myself, Lindsay, and our assistant to the executive producer, Jaron Wilt. Um, and we're going to talk about Feeding America today. So you want to jump into it? Of course. Let's do it. Welcome back to the Chop Talk podcast. Um, as we mentioned earlier, is we are going to be talking about Feeding America today. So I'm going to have Lindsay introduce our topic for us. Yeah, I'm super excited. We have one of our partners here in the office and we're kind of showing them around. But really, mainly we're here to talk to our membership about our partnership with Feeding America and what that means for them, what that means for us and how we can really utilize that to the fullest. So Teresa, I'm going to start with you and have everyone kind of go down the line and give a little bio about themselves. Sure. Great. Well, thank you so much for having us here today. It's really an honor to be with you um, as it is to work with Lambda Chi Alpha. And so I'm Teresa Gruber. I'm the Director of Employee Engagement on the Corporate Partnership Team at Beating America. And in my role, I work with our corporate partners, employees, and different types of community groups in order to engage them in our mission. And that's really in three key ways, through giving, volunteerism, and advocacy opportunities. So I got the great fortune to work with Lambda Chi Alpha um, when I started at Feeding America five years ago. And um, it's been a wonderful partnership. I've met so many fantastic people, and I'm excited to be here with you today. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. My name is Jennifer McIntyre. I'm a specialist on the programs team, programs in equity, and in my role I currently have the opportunity to focus on programs affecting food insecure people in rural communities and really excited to be on a project focused on campus hunger initiatives, raising awareness about it and um, learning more about what our food banks are doing in that space. Awesome. My name is Peter Erodis. I am the manager of community and corporate engagement at Gleaners Food Bank of Indiana. I, Gleaners Food Bank of Indiana is the uh, local uh, member food bank for Feeding America here in Indiana. And um, my role at the food bank is I get to partner with our corporations, community groups, faith-based uh, organizations and partnerships and engagement over uh, different ways to you know, engage the food bank and clients that we serve. We serve you know 
almost 300,000 food insecure people in Indiana. And we cover you know, 21 counties um, within the state, and that's central Indiana and well as you know, southeastern counties. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you guys for being here today. Um, if you guys haven't noticed, we have a, a good panel of people. We have people here who are from the kind of parent organization uh, of Feeding America. And then we actually have a representative from one of the food banks that is under the Feeding America umbrella. So we got a, a wide range of knowledge here to to talk about this topic with us today. Yeah, I'm really thrilled. And I actually used to volunteer with Gleaners. Okay, um, I went to a church here around in Carmel. And so we would go to Gleaners. So I'm well aware of you guys, but. Well, thank you. Um, thank you. Yeah. So I kind of want to start from the beginning with all of this. Like we've been partnered with Feeding America for a while now. And I think we should kind of start with like, what is the history behind that? Like what if, you know, if you're telling someone about Feeding America in a one sentence elevator pitch, like what is Feeding America? Great question. I love that. And I love to be able to give that shortened version, right? So um, Feeding America is the nation's largest hunger relief organization. But we do so much more than that, right? I mean, it's providing food to people in the immediate, but it's also about engaging the public in the issue of hunger across the United States. And so it's really, that's a two-pronged two piece of, a, or two pieces to our mission. Um, there are 37 million people in this country that struggle with hunger. That's one in nine. 11 million of them are children. And we know that as an organization, we are not going to solve this issue on our own. It's going to be many types of partners that join us through volunteerism, giving, through advocacy, and many different, many other ways, um, food donations that are going to end hunger in this country. Mm -hmm. And so that's why Gleaners is here to kind of talk about like how that partnership you know, works together. It is. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think it's important to understand too, how the structure of this food network works, right? Because so you have your parent organization of Feeding America, and then you have your local food banks. And then from the food banks, you have your food pantries. And so um, kind, of, kind of give us the, uh, a quick understanding of how that relationship works between Feeding America and Gleaners, because I imagine there's a set of standards there to be considered a, a Feeding America food bank, right? Right, right, exactly. And so it is a membership organization. We have 200 member member food banks across the country. And we sign an agreement just like any other membership, right? So Feeding America has responsibilities to our food banks as the food banks do to us. Food safety is number one within our network. And so um, there are many, many guidelines ac around that for us. But at the national office, we also, we food raise and we fundraise for our network. And, um, and so likewise, we work with our food banks to, they actually have a lot of knowledge for the, uh, in their communities that they can share. And they share that back to the national office as well, so that we can then share it with the wider network. And, improve efficiency. As we heard this morning during our volunteer opportunity, it, it, it really is a focus on increasing efficiency so that we can feed more hungry people across the U.S. I'd like to add to that that we have our network. Those are our 200 food banks, but our food banks have an extended network. We consider it part of our network, and that's 60,000 agencies. Wow. Those are schools, those are after-school programs, libraries, municipalities that partner in this work and we can't do it 
without the food banks and the food banks cannot do it without our agency partners. And to put 60,000 agencies in perspective, that's about four times the number of McDonald's there are wow. in this country. Oh, cool. Wow, that's, I mean, that's a lot. That's when you think about like, oh, you you know, driving down the street, you constantly say McDonald's, constantly. Oh, yeah. there, it's, it's kind of like a Starbucks model where it seems like there's <laughs> one on every corner almost, so. Exactly. They're hiding in plain sight. Yeah. Yeah. There, a lot of them, but the hours of operation uh, may not be what you would get from a McDonald's. They're there and they're available to your food insecure mm -hmm. uh, neighbors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I kind of want to back up a little bit. You talked a little bit about food safety. Can you kind of define that? Sure. Before you jump into that, so I was also going to jump on that topic. So I volunteered at Gleaners quite a few times, and I've noticed that food safety is a huge thing that that they they work on. And before you volunteer, they educate you on what type of food we keep. And, and if the can is dented, we're not using it because of the material inside the can gets in the food and spoils it. Or there's just there's so much that goes into what food you're looking at and how you're sorting that because it's going to somebody, it's going to feed somebody and you don't want to make them sick. So sorry to jump in on that, but it was just one of those things that I've learned is that there's so much that goes into it. There really is. There really is. And, and like I said, food safety is number one for us. And for the reason that you just said, the last thing in the world we want to do is be, to try and be providing a service and then have somebody get ill. Um, and so it's, and Peter can probably even speak to this even more of being in a food bank. Um, but the guidelines that we have, they are across all 200 food banks. It is part of the membership agreement that you adhere to those guidelines. That's how important it is to us. If, for example, we receive a retail donation and there's a recall on that food, that food is tracked very, very closely mm -hmm. once it comes into our system so that in the event that we have to recall it, we know where that food is and we can get it. Peter, I'm sure that your specifications for all these different foods are a little bit more strict. I would assume you can totally correct me on that. Um, but can you kind of talk about like, what does that look like for Gleaner's Food Bank and how does that sort of tie into Feeding America? Excellent question. So our food donations, when we receive them, our volunteers do a lot of the sorting for the food and the different guidelines that we have set out are, you know, we are looking at the expiration dates and how far those can be extended and whether those are best by dates. And then, you know, items, are they in the boxes? Are they, is there any damages to them? The food labels, are they clearly shown? And it, it goes on from there. And we do have those all clearly, you know, laid out for our, our volunteers that are going through there. And they do an excellent job of going through those and we then also on top of that track, the amount of food that gets pulled out of that you know, process of being pulled and to track our food waste of what can't be accepted. Mm -hmm. But on that point of you know, expiration dates, you know, when items are donated to the food banks, um, you know, sometimes stuff gets pulled out of the pantry. And uh, one item that, you know, we've seen um, for, Expiration dates, uh, oldest item I think we've seen donated had an expiration date of 1986. Wow. <gasps> yeah, I don't think you can serve that anymore. <laughs> no. No. And no. Do you think that's just people not really realizing it? Like, do you think it's like you just have beans in the back mm -hmm. of your pantry and you yeah. just don't even think about it? It's all it's all goodwill right there. Mm -hmm. there's, there's wanting to help out and just, I don't think, realizing yeah. realizing and just emptying out the pantry. Oh. Well, and I think, too, it's just hard. When you have a pantry and something falls to the back, Like it's, 
you don't even think about it. And and so you're just like, I'm going to donate this food and you're not really paying attention, but it's just, it's good to know. Like the expiration date isn't a very important thing and making sure that your nutritional labels Mm -hmm. are are well shown because people do have nutritional um, needs that they need to follow. And if a can's not labeled or if a box is scratched, like the label scratched off, like you don't know what they're consuming. Mm -hmm. I did have one donor that asked me is like, Hey, um, can you accept venison? Mm -hmm. And that led to a series of interesting uh, inquiries. And it was like, well, if yes, um, under the right circumstances, if it goes through the right processes yeah. and is labeled and does go through the right packaging plans and everything. And huh. it's like, yes, then we can. Yeah. yeah. I also want to underscore, I think sometimes for those of us in the food banking industry, we assume people get it and they understand what food banking really is. But at the heart of it, food banking is food rescue. Mm -hmm. And so safety is so important because we're rescuing food that otherwise would go bad in Mm -hmm. the system. That could be um, food that is rescued from a farm that a farmer simply could not harvest or sell. Mm -hmm. It's food that could um, go end up in a landfill because it came from a retail establishment warehouse or um, from actually being served at a Starbucks or something like that. So there's so many ways that food is rescued and brought into the food banking network. And all along that process, there's safety issues. Food is changing hands. Um, And as Peter said, we always know that our donors have great intent, but the onus is on us because we are the industry to make sure that food arrives on tables, that it's safe Mm -hmm. to eat. Yeah, and this is kind of something I've always wondered about, and this is a question for all of you. With produce, with like, you've got your meats, you've got your vegetables, fruits, like those things go bad very quickly. Mm-hmm. I know for sure I have had the intention of making a very healthy salad and then ordered out and then it went bad. Mm-hmm. Like that just, and I, I don't do that quite as much anymore, but like, what does that look like? How do you get fresh produce to people? if? you know, if that's really, you know, feasible for, you know, the season, whatever. So, so produce actually comes to us in a lot of ways. Um, Certainly from, from farmers, we actually have some, and we were talking about this this morning, that um, we have some farmers that donate several acres to some of our food banks Mm -hmm. and they will actually grow for the food bank and then give the opportunity for the food bank to bring volunteers to glean that food when it's ready to be removed from the, the fields. Um, so that's one way, that, that's a smaller way, but of course, produce is moved across this country to our food banks. Um, you know, it, it's raised an interesting question, right? Because it is highly perishable. Mm-hmm. Right? It, it, it very quickly will go oh, bad. Yeah. So it, this speaks again to food safety and the need for refrigerated trucks to move that. So I think a lot of times um, people think about Feeding America and our network and they recognize that we focus on the issue of hunger. But we're also in the business of logistics because we are moving food from where it's grown Mm -hmm. to where it needs to be. And sometimes that's not right in that local community. It might need to be halfway across the country. And some regions just can't grow certain foods. Like I can't grow oranges in Minnesota. Like, and so they have to be moved across the country to get somewhere else. Yes. Yeah. You're, you're exactly right. So there are definitely challenges with that, but we also know that it's vital that produce, that there's more produce on the plate. And it really is, it's one of our focuses uh, is to increase produce. 
and increase nutritious food so mm -hmm. that people are, I think when, when we think about food banking and its history, that um, we really focus on canned food, non-perishables, right? Mm -hmm. But it's actually evolved a great, great deal so that it's fresh food that people are receiving. Um, we chatted about this just earlier, but it's also, we know that the people that struggle with hunger are not only struggling with those issues. Often health issues wrap into mm -hmm. that. And that's why nutritious, regular access to nutritious food is so important. Definitely. That's on the produce side with gleaners, I, locally, when we receive the produce, it comes in and out very, very quickly, um, less than seven days for sure for us. And it is one that we, as a food bank, it is our goal to make that on the distribution side go out 80% of what we do. And that's our goal by 2023 as part of our strategic mission. Yeah. Wow. And so wow. currently we're doing more than a third of our distribution being fresh and healthy produce. Wow. And so we call those foods to encourage. Yeah. And so we're trying to do that by 2023. That's awesome. 80%. That's fantastic. So yeah. I, I say wow, because we I think we all of our food banks are on that path. Um, but not everybody is there yet, yeah. right? So the state of California, I think about our, our food bank in San Francisco, right? 60% of the work that they do currently is produce-based. And, um, and they have a very similar goal to what you were talking about, Peter. Mm. And, and it's because we know that people are dealing with health issues, they need to have that nutritious food um, first in order to stay healthy. Mm -hmm. So. Definitely. So one of the things I want to jump to is, so we've talked about kind of Feeding America and, and, and the structure of that membership organization. And, and so now going to how we, Lambda Chi has gotten involved with Feeding America and what does that partnership actually mean? It means so much. It really does. Um, and for a lot of different reasons, right? So I talked to, I mean, volunteering is enormous and that happens at chapters across the country. That is key. Our food banks if they didn't have volunteers, we would not be able to do the work that we do across this country in helping people that struggle with hunger. Um, there are more than two million volunteers in our food banks monthly. And part of that comes from Lambda Chi Alpha, right? It's, it's the members that are in the food banks and helping us do the work that we need to do. It's vital. I will also say that the fundraising, and the fundraising is important and it gives back to the food banks. But the other piece is the education and helping us build awareness. We call, we call it advocacy, but it really is about letting people know about the issue of hunger and engaging them in it. That is how we're actually going to solve hunger in this country. Um, there is a stigma that is attached to people, to, to the issue of hunger. And um, by educating people, we can get around that. We can end that and help people build empathy and understanding for the issue of hunger. Well, and I think you bring up a good point with kind of the the stigma around, is food insecurity still a good word to use? Is that? It is. Uh, so the stigma around food insecurity, um, and specifically talking about college campuses, I think the statistic, and I, I don't have it off, off the top of my head, but I think the number is staggering of how many people on a college campus are, are food insecure or go kind of meal to meal, not knowing what they're going to eat. Definitely. And I would draw the distinction um, between food insecurity and hunger, mm -hmm. because a lot of times a college student or anyone may not identify as being hungry. They've eaten something, 
but they've made a choice about um, a meal that was not optimal. So they may eat cheap, fast food. Ramen do- noodles. Ramen noodles, <laughs> right? We all know that, um, a college staple. Um, ramen noodles or off the dollar menu. Mm-hmm. And so they're not hungry, but they are food insecure. Mm-hmm. And nutritional, healthy food, we all know, costs more. It does. And so for college students, um, I think a lot of times we think of what we think of as the traditional college student. It's someone who came from their parents' home. They graduated a few months later. They're on a college campus. They live in a dorm room. They are hungry. They go to the cafeteria. They swipe a card mm-hmm. and they get food. But that traditional student doesn't really mirror what we are seeing mm-hmm. in colleges now. A lot of students in college, the majority of them, the vast majority are adults. They are working full or part-time. They may have children. A lot of them are raising children, have dependents. And so um, college is a place where um, finding an inclusive experience that has room for every student to come and complete their education and not have to drop out the process because they have bills to pay. Um, They can't afford the transportation to school. They're making choices between food and something for the kids. Mm -hmm. Um, That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to create inclusive spaces for everyone to to complete that program of education that will move them beyond standing in line uh, for charitable food to being able to feed their families. That's awesome. So what does that mean for us? Like how can how can our membership be of service to you guys and to places like Gleaners? Um, and what and what are the, all the ways of like to get involved, right? Like Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so great question. Thank you. Um, and it really cuts across those three areas, right? Giving, volunteerism, advocacy, using your voice, and lots of different ways, whether it's in a food bank, whether it's at a, a food distribution, or even a meal program. So when we talk about those 60,000 agencies that were mentioned earlier, those can be food pantries, soup kitchens, shelters, before or after school meal programs for children, senior programs, veteran programs, lots of different forms. Um, And so it's really volunteering and getting to know more about those programs right in your local community. We recognize that we have 200 food banks, but there are thousands of university campuses across this country. So maybe a university isn't located close to our, our food bank, the Feeding America Food Bank, but it might be close to an agency, one Mm -hmm. of our our, um, mobile distribution, a food pantry, whatever it might be. And they can get involved through volunteerism. And actually learning too, right? Learning about more about the community, about the people that are struggling with hunger. Um, How, you know, I think that a lot of times, at least in in my role, I talk to people that um, make assumptions about people that struggle with hunger. And then once they start to learn a little bit about it, they recognize that, wow, that person could be their neighbor. A child that's struggling with hunger could actually be in the classroom of my children. Mm -hmm. When you look at the statistics alone, right, 11 million children, it's one in seven. So the multiplier effect in a classroom, that could be four or five children, and children aren't in isolation, they're attached to families Mm -hmm. that are struggling. So I would say for Lambda Chi Alpha, 
Um, volunteering is key for us. Learning about the issue of hunger, um, sharing it with your network networks as well, engaging them, your families, telling them what you're doing, asking them to come along and volunteer with you, whether it's during the Christmas break, whether it's during summer break. Um, of course, fundraising is a part of that. Every dollar donated to Feeding America helps to provide 10 meals. And so that's key to the work that we do as well. Um, but I'll go back to advocacy and using your voice, helping us build awareness via social media, it can be really powerful to helping people understand what the issue is, helping to build empathy in this country for um, people that struggle with hunger. Mm -hmm. It's funny that you mentioned social media. I do the social media for Lambda Chi Alpha, and I have seen a lot of our men do a lot of fundraisers. If they're not, you know, they're kind of in the middle of nowhere. A lot of fundraisers, a lot of um, canned food drives is what I see. Um, but I, I get a lot of photos, too, of men, you know, in there volunteering and like physically with their hands handing over fruit or, you know, however the food bank does it. Um, but, yeah, and I have noticed that, like, when we post about that stuff, they feel so much pride and they're so proud of like, oh, I did mm -hmm. something. Yeah. Right. And I've noticed that those things always do so much better than just like, you know, having a great Friday. You know what I'm saying? And I love that. You're right. It has great team building, right? It's a great team building experience. Mm -hmm. But I think the other thing uh, that to point out is when you're volunteering, um, at the end of that experience, you can actually know, the food bank will share with you how many meals are provided back to the community. Today, we were at Gleaners. We volunteered. Mm -hmm. um, our group and, and part of another group packed 16,000 pounds of food. When we converted that to meals, it meant that each one of the 45 of us provided just over 300 meals back to the community. That's amazing. That's powerful, right? And it brings people back time and again. Mm -hmm. I also wanted to take you all way back to when I was in college. And, um, <laughs> you know, when I think about what the sororities and fraternities were on campus, um, they were a fun place. They were a place um, dedicated to service. And those were things that brought meaning to the campus in a way that maybe some other organizations um, didn't really offer. Mm -hmm. And so part of what college life is, is an opportunity for us to learn and have experiences. And being a part of a sorority or fraternity, you have an opportunity to learn about service and to learn about community. And one of the things um, I think that this movement of bringing campus hunger out into the open does is it gives people, students, administrators an opportunity to see that we are all here in this place. It's a college space, but we all aren't equitably participating mm -hmm. in this. There are people coming from different backgrounds. So my personal experience is I moved out of a dorm. I went to Brown University. I moved out of the dorm and went off meal plan. And I paid for college by joining the Army. Wow. Well, and thank you for your service. Yeah. You're welcome. But that experience was that's how my family had to do it. Mm -hmm. So while I was marching across campus to go to ROTC, my friends were flying across the country and, um, you know, going overseas yeah. and having those opportunities. But we all got through it. I graduated. 
And that was the most important thing. And so I think the communities um, or the fraternities and sororities have an opportunity to participate in that while on campus to learn about hunger, to know that there are people in their dorms um, sitting next to them in their classrooms who are having a different experience and to learn from that and to grow through that and maybe start a pantry on your campus. There's students who are actually um, getting college credits because they work in the pantry or they developed charitable systems on that campus. Mm -hmm. And then that carries on into the adult that they become. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think you bring up a good point. And we all go to college for educational purposes, right? Your your goal is to get a degree and and learn something, right? That's what Mm -hmm. we're all going to college for. But I think a good point is, is that this advocate, excuse me, I think the one piece, that advocacy piece that we keep talking about and, and learning about it, that that is another piece of, of going to college is learning about your community and the, the community that puts the institution there for you. Like without that community, there would be no university or college. And so I think it's important to learn about the people who surround that area and, and help them and, and give something back to the community since they've given you this great opportunity to go to school. Mm-hmm. It, and I'll take it one step further. It even gives you the opportunity, because we have 200 food banks across the country, to learn more about your community mm-hmm. when you go back home, right? You take what you've learned in college and you take that back to your community and get involved there. So it really has a ripple effect. And and that's that's what we, with the groups that we work with, that's what we talk about. That's what building awareness is all about, right? It's finding the ripple and, and extending that and extending that so that, um, so that the people that need assistance actually come to us and, and say we do need assistance versus struggling. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned earlier, there is a stigma and there are people that, that don't, don't find the resources that they need because of that. Um, and there can be a lot of tied to that. But once you build awareness, that can change things. Yeah. So the one question I have is, and I've heard, have had members ask this before. So, outside of the two hundred food banks, the sixty thousand um, different, um, and you refer to them as agencies. agencies. Mm-hmm. What if they don't have anyone that's in that the Feeding America network? I, I just don't want to discourage them from not volunteering or not helping out. Like, what is what? What can they do? They can volunteer. They can give, and they can advocate. So. Uh, we've got a really outstanding CEO who's made it very clear to us if the food bank or the agency is within our network, that's great. But we need to work with all partners. Mm-hmm. It's really about making sure people get connected to the food resources that they do. If there are hungry people, we want to help them. Definitely. And so what about, so we're in a nat- we're an international organization, so we have a few chapters in Canada. Um, it's Feeding America, so it, it may not be as inclusive. How do we, how do they get involved with um, this same process? Yeah, great question. Um, well, we, yes, we are a national organization, but of course we have partnerships with um, Food Banks of Canada, um, the Food Bank Federation in Europe, uh, and many different organizations, the Global Food Bank Network. Okay. And so we work with them because we are we are all addressing the same issue. Definitely. And so, um, so they're not part of Feeding America or, or our membership, but, but they're alliances. Yeah, and they're all kind of trying to solve the same problem, right? How, how do we keep food and healthy food in people's mouths is, is really, right. I think, the mission, right? Yeah. And engage the public. Yeah. yeah, it's not about, you know, the name of it. It's about helping people. Yeah. We're all here to be of service to someone else. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
who cares that it's called Feeding America? Just get in there and volunteer, raise money, advocate. Wherever you are. Yeah. yeah. I want to say thank you. <laughs> I want to say thank you without a doubt. It's It really, uh, I attended your conference two years ago, two summers ago, and um, it was really outstanding. There were so many young men that I met at that conference that, that some had experienced hunger as children, um, and, and some that just really, the experience of volunteering, getting to know more about the issue was meaningful to them. They were fortunate. They came from backgrounds where it never touched their life. They never saw it. And then they got to college and they joined the fraternity and that was their first experience. Definitely. So what would you say, this is kind of for all of you, if our men are preparing to go volunteer somewhere, what are some things that they should know before going into those places to be aware of um, and kind of just things to sort of prepare their minds and their bodies for that? Um, one thing I think is important to know is that people experiencing hunger are proud people and that there's an incredible stigma associated mm -hmm. with needing charitable food assistance. Mm -hmm. So it really is a privilege to be able to go and to serve and to bring your energies and your resources to help people. And But a big part of it is making sure that if you're interacting with the public during that exchange, it's one thing to pack a box, um, food isn't stigmatized, but if you're actually volunteering in a distribution of food, you wanna make the experience one that's fun, mm -hmm. that's positive, where people don't feel um, stigmatized by it. I have been at a distribution where someone I knew came through the line and I knew that was an awkward time for everyone. So how would one of your um, fraternity members feel if they were standing there in line and someone you know, in that purple shirt came through? Yeah. How would you feel? How would you want um, to make sure they left feeling? You'd want them to leave feeling like there's no judgment. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you advocated for yourself and that you sure. came out and got what your family needed, but then it changes you. And when you go back to your home and to your family, you realize there's probably more people like this. There's probably people I know who need this, who aren't coming out. I know I lost a job and three weeks later, my husband lost our, his job. Oh no! And we never went to get assistance. We spent down every penny in our savings account because we were just too um, humbled mm -hmm. by the situation. And so now I'm more able to talk about it now that I'm on the other end. And I wanna tell everybody, don't be stigmatized. Come get the help that you need. And part of that is how we respond to people, how mm -hmm. the brothers um, learn how to talk to people who they're relating to every day. Somebody you know loses their job. You bring up, did you ever know about the food bank. A few people I know have tried it out. Let's go together. Yeah. Definitely. Let's go see what it has to offer because the money you do have coming in, you want to save that for your rent. You want to save that, you know, for things your children may need. But there's a place over here they're giving great. They have a produce distribution. Gleaners has a great produce distribution. Go check it out. I'll go with you. Those are kind of things everyone can do. So how say a member listening right now um, is wanting assistance. How, how do they go about getting that assistance? 
So if they if they have a food pantry or they have um, on their campus, that that's as easy as contacting that food pantry um, or attending attending mm -hmm. during the hours. So we, we're actually looking at, across the country at different models too, right? So one of the limitations we find with food pantries is that they might only be open on certain mm -hmm. days or certain hours. And so we're looking at different models. And um, this is a lot of the work that Jennifer is, is looking at right now, where it could be open access, right? It, again, we're back to access mm -hmm. and the idea of equity, that it's just available to all. And it really is available to all so that anybody that walks up and takes items, no one would know if you're in need of food assistance or if this is this is not necessarily something that you need right now. But but in the moment, you need yeah. that. And um, so so it's contacting those local agencies. Um, and Jennifer, I can probably let you add to that as well. Um, Finding out where your local agency can be a little challenging. That's something that I think Feeding America is working on how to do better. But if you go to feedingamerica.org, there is a, a food bank locator. So the first job is to find out what is the food bank that services your area. So um, you put in your zip code and it's going to say you are in Gleaner's service area. Then you go to Gleaner's website and you type in your zip code probably again, and they're gonna have an agency or pantry okay. locator. And that pantry locator is going to say, um, and every food bank is different, so it might list out here all the mobile distributions taking place in your community. Mobile distributions are a great way to get access to fresh produce. Um, a lot of times the pantries may have fresh produce, but the pantries also are gonna have a lot of the shelf-stable mm -hmm. items. We advocate, we tell people go to multiple agencies because you're going to find um, maybe I can save $40 on my grocery bill here because I'm getting all of my shelf stable items, but they don't have a lot of the fresh produce. If I go to this monthly distribution, I may get some of the produce items I need maybe for the first half of the month, but that gives me um, some money that I can take to do other things with and um, I, my grocery bill is now cut in half. It's not a pretty system, it's not a one-stop shop, but as a mom, you know, I go to multiple grocery stores to get access to <laughs> sure. the best prices. And so food banking is kind of like that. You have to mm -hmm. figure out the system and find the places that work best for you that are in your community and you can make it work. Awesome. Huh. You know, if we could just go back to one thing you meant, you asked the question, how can they prepare? How can the young men prepare for, um, for volunteering or for engaging? We have a tool that sits on the feedingamerica.org site. It's called the Map the Meal Gap tool. And um, it's basically a, a map of the United States and you can hover on, over every county in the US to, to learn more about the hunger statistics, right? What is the general hunger statistic, the childhood hunger statistic, the average cost of a meal. There's a lot of interest, how many people are struggling in your county with hunger. A lot of great data mm -hmm. there that you can learn in advance of going to volunteer. So what I usually suggest is that a leader, whoever the leader is of that volunteer group, um, take the time to look at that tool, learn a little bit about that, share that with the group before you go to volunteer. Just okay. Food Bank will certainly share that information. But um, what I've found is when people use that tool, 
they end up going to another part of the site mm -hmm. and learn a little bit more and learn a little bit more. Mm -hmm. and, and that it can be presented not all in one shot, but at, over several meetings. Definitely. Yeah. Peter, you're kind of in this every day. You're just yes. watching it happen. Do you have anything that you want to add? The um, the Map the Meal uh, website is a, it's a great resource, uh, not just for preparing for volunteering, but definitely for researching each community um, and getting that snapshot of hunger. It is fantastic. But as far as being, you know, in it, as you said, yes, mm -hmm. um, it is uh, for volunteering the actual nitty gritty close toe shoes. That is a good piece of advice. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, you don't want to find yourself wearing someone else's uh, closed toe shoes because yeah. uh, most food banks have those because uh, oh, active warehouses. Yeah. No, that makes total sense. Yeah. Uh, well, great. Well, I, I want to say thank you guys so much for coming out here today. I think this is a partnership that I was actually a part of from the start. Um, being a member of Lambda Chi Alpha, we were originally with uh, North American Can Canned Food Drive before we switched our partnership over to Feeding America. Um, so it's been something that I've always been actively involved with. I love volunteering. I love going to food banks and helping out. So I want to thank you three for being here today and, and just giving us some more information about this partnership and really how our members can get involved and what is all involved with this this partnership because there's just so much more than your local agency or local food bank. There, it's, it's a huge network of people who are trying to do good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really is. And this is, it's so important that we're sitting here and talking about it and really, um, getting into the nitty gritty of like what this means for our members and if our members need help and how they can advocate for themselves and how we can advocate for others. And um, so I'm just really excited to see how far we can really extend this. You know, I think our members can really make a huge wave with Feeding America and their local distribution centers. So I kind of want to go around the table if there's anything else that you guys want to add and just kind of a last you should know this. So Teresa, we'll start with you. Well, again, I'm gonna say thank you so much. Thank you for having <laughs> us here today. And thank you for all the support that Lambda Chi Alpha has given Feeding America and our network. Um, I think that, that what I would love to, to say is engage. Come out, come out and engage in our food banks, in the agencies, learn more about the issue of hunger, talk about it with your family, with your friends, with your network help us to build awareness so that we can all work together to end hunger in the U.S. Great. I would add that Feeding America, our network, is really at the beginning of our campus hunger work. So right now, our 200 food banks have about 500 campus pantries. Um, and I think there's tremendous growth opportunity mm -hmm. there. So I would encourage um, the chapters to begin to explore what resources, food resources exist on their campus. If there is a pantry on your campus, how do I get involved with that? If there isn't, it all starts with data. Mm -hmm. So how do we get the data to identify what, what students or what percentage of students on our campus may need assistance? And the goal is really graduation. The yeah. goal is not feed, it is to provide whatever supports a student might need. Mm -hmm. So opening the door with a pantry that might be part of it, but what do our brothers and sisters on this campus need so that we all um, reach the end goal, which is graduation. Definitely. Awesome. Yes, thank you again for this opportunity. And the I'd like to add that the 
partnership with uh, Feeding America and the network membership, it's absolutely fantastic resource to have, to be able to have that entire network as a food bank, it's absolutely invaluable. Um, I cannot tell you the amount of times that we as food bank employees and members are able to just simply reach out uh, to everyone uh, as far as, you know, Alaska, um, speaking here from Indiana, uh, <laughs> and just with, you know, questions um, about the industry. And it's like, hey, how does this look in your state? What do you guys do? Mm-hmm. And simple matters is that, and it, it's fantastic. And then ways that Lambda Chi Alpha can help out, look at your local food banks and take a look at the footprint that they have in your communities and, and how you can help out. And, you know, a simple, you know, three hours here and there, it, it's, that can make all the difference. Definitely. So thank awesome. you. Thank you. Um, my biggest thing is don't be afraid to ask for help. I, I think that's one of the biggest things, to, the biggest hurdle to get over is, is just being willing to identify that you need help. Um, so don't be afraid to do that. There is no judgment out there. Um, we'd rather see you get fed and, and everything else and and get to that goal of, of getting that the, the goal of graduation overall. So um, that's really what we're trying to do for everyone. Yeah. On my end, it's kind of um, just remembering the bigger picture. You know, a lot of time when you do these um, philanthropy events, you're waking up a little bit earlier than you normally would like to on a Saturday. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when the alarm goes off, you're like, oh, man, why did I sign up? But it's kind of you can use that alarm as, oh, I'm going to actually do something with my day and I'm going to do something productive, not just for me, but for someone else. Um, And so that's kind of my challenge to our men to remember why why we exist in the first place. We're here to serve others um, first and foremost. So um, yeah, that's kind of my big takeaway. Awesome, cool. Well, thank you all once again for being here um, and we appreciate your time. Thank you. Well, it was great having them in the studio today. I was very happy to um, get some of the information that maybe we don't normally get out there on social media channels and things like that. So yeah. it was good to have some of that. Yeah, it's so hard sometimes because there's the kind of information that they have is just it's so segmented and you can you know, like what they're saying is so true. Mm-hmm. And what we do is it's more this is what we're doing, you know, and it's it's so cool to kind of have that connection with them of we're helping you, you're helping us, Yeah, that kind of a thing. I just think it's great that they have a set of standards for their member food mm-hmm. banks. It's very similar to the way Lambda Chi is set up, right? We have the Office of Administration and then we have chapters, but we have standards to become a chapter uh, of Lambda Chi Alpha. And so it feels like a very similar structure. And, and so the partnership, I think, just makes sense. Yeah, it just, it felt so good to hear that there were specific guidelines for what food they can mm-hmm. and cannot accept. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like so many people just throw in their canned foods. Yeah. And like, I probably have been guilty of that at some point in my life. But like the fact that, yeah, you need to check the expiration date because if you don't want to eat that, someone else doesn't want to either. Yeah. Just because you're giving it away doesn't mean you can just give anything away. Like there, there is some type of standard there. <laughs> exactly. And the nutrition part is really cool too. Yeah. I love that I asked that question about produce because it really helped me get like a well-rounded, mm-hmm. oh, this is how it works. Yeah. They're not just providing baked beans to people. They're, they're trying to do exactly. a full balanced meal. Exactly. Which was so great. So yeah. it was awesome to have them yeah, here. Yeah, that's great. So, um, 
announcements. What do you got, Lindsay? I just want to encourage everyone to send us photos for Wear It Wednesday, Philanthropy Friday, if you want your chapter or you as an individual to be featured. Just send us an email with your photos at marketing at lambdachai.org. Awesome. Jaron, any announcements? Nothing's too out of the ordinary. Remember to like and subscribe to the Chop Talk podcast on all of your favorite podcast streaming services, every single one of them. Uh, I, we're not there. Let us know. We'll get there. But follow us, like us, share our episodes. Make sure people are being aware of all of the great things that's going on at the Office of Administration. Definitely. And make sure you're setting up your Omega Phi accounts. If you don't know how to do that, please reach out to your chapter support coach and they can get you in contact with the right person to get all of those accounts set up. So on behalf of myself, Lindsay, Jaron, and everyone else here at the Office of Administration, thanks for listening. You hardly even when I try to show you, song is meant to keep you doing what you're supposed to. Waking up too early, maybe we could sleep. Make you banana pancakes, pretend like it's the weekend now. And we could pretend it all the time. Yeah. And can't you see that it's just rain?